Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Booze, Booms and Busts, the podcast where we drink beer and discuss markets. My name is Boa Shoshan and I'm joined as ever by Sam Falkering. Sam, how are you getting on this week? I'm good. It's it's um, our 60th episode and it's uh-huh. also the 1st of October, which means that uh, Rectember is over and October <laughs> has begun. <laughs> So, so it has been said by the Oracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the crypto Twitter has decried that Q4 is alive. But as they said, you know, as they said back in 1914, it'll all be over by Christmas. Maybe, uh, maybe it's going to be, what would be the best word? What's the best word for December? Maybe it's just going to be, you know, to, you know, jab, Semba. Yeah. Um, because always we've already used uh, rec, 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 rectember, October, November, November, decline, December, dead, 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 December, yeah, deceased, ember. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, yeah no, so uh, it's good. I'm good. I'm good. That's I've already started on the beers. Um, yeah, we, we've decided that uh, just before we started recording uh, today, we were we were discussing how uh, perhaps we should just start referring completely, you know, in a very nonchalant manner, just casually in conversation. Uh, we should just start, especially when other people are present, just talking about when uh, when Ripple XRP was the <laughs> oh, don't standard. Don't call it Ripple. Don't call it Ripple. Yeah, Fuck, it's XRP. Man. Fuck it's a, it. It's a, yeah, sorry, XRP. <laughs> Uh, so w- what you need to do is just whenever, just just say Casually. idly, make yeah. small talk. Do you, do you remember what it was like when when XRP was the standard? Uh, uh, do you remember? Do of... you remember how much money I remitted across the world with XRP? <laughs> do you do you remember uh, you know just how how the world was such a better place when XRP uh, was the standard? Do you remember we need when to start. Those, all those banks started using XRP. Yeah. Do you remember when XRP was just the the global reserve asset used by banks, SWIFT, everybody, even you know uh, yeah. major major treasury departments of developed nations? I, tell you what, I um I had a back then I I had a special um, invitation which I took up and went to uh, to Fort Knox and you should have seen the piles of XRP they had at Fort Knox. <laughs> they just have hardware wallets for days. Just it was one massive hardware wallet. Trezors just stacked up on each other. Yeah, there's one big golden trezor, and uh, only the president is. Alive do you say trezor or do you? How do this is another one of those pronunciation games. How do you are. say trezor? I, I was called yeah trezor. Yeah. Okay, I say trezor like Trevor. Trezor. <laughs> like you'd say Trevor. My trezor. My trezor. We're going to start calling our sons tre- trezor instead of Trevor now. Can you imagine? I bet you. I guarantee. People you used to do that when XRP was the standard. You know that what called themselves Ripple called their kids no. Ripple. Call their sons Trezor. <laughs> Trezor and Ledger. <laughs> yeah, I mean Ledger. I mean there is that guy Ledger Status who calls himself Ledger, so it makes yeah, sense that we call themselves Trezor Status. <laughs> Trezor Status doesn't have the same kind of flow or ring to it. I reckon. I reckon a lot. I guarantee you a lot of um, a lot of the XRP army uh, that had kids around that time called their. If they had sons, I bet you they called them Brad. Oh yeah, or yeah, swell. <laughs> I tell you, I actually, so I was, uh, I was there when the first. Well, I wasn't at Swell. I was at the conference, which Swell. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me. Yeah, yeah on of, this podcast, in fact. 
Yeah, well, so like my first experience with with Ripple because it was actually well, actually to, technically it wasn't even called Ripple then. It was it was it only just become Ripple Labs. That was my first in well actually no that technically wasn't it either the first experience i had when i think it was back when they were um i think it was open coin um uh and i came across them at a i think that people were talking about them at i think it was one of the finnovate conferences and then they renamed to ripple labs and i remember speaking so i had a one-on-one interview with chris larson um, one of the founders at 20 in 2015 in Singapore at the Marina Bay Sands at the Cybos conference. Um, and it's that Cybos conference is a massive banking and, and finance conference uh, that's run by Swift. Um, and it's usually run every, every year. Um, I, I had attended in the past every sort of second year, but you know, uh, Singapore, Dubai, Sydney, London um, are, are, are four of them that I've been to. And uh, yeah, in 2015 in Singapore, I, I sat down. It, it, it was like in the, one of the one of the massive conference halls at Marina Bay Sands, just sort of fucking tucked away behind everything, sort of out out the way, um, was this little Ripple stand, Ripple Labs, and uh, I managed to slide an interview in with Chris Larson because they, they were basically one of the very few uh, crypto companies even there. And um, yeah, and, and anyway, it's um, sort of it went from there. And, and to be, I'll, I'll be frank, like initially, it was like you know what, they they might be onto something here. Um, and then yeah, they decided to run their own parallel conference to Cybos because Cybos is, you know, it's for the tradfi crowd. It is good. There's a lot of really good stuff on there if you're looking at not just crypto markets, if you're looking outside at the regular markets and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, then they they decided to run Swell, the the rival conference to Swift. And I remember being at Cybos the same year that Swell was running parallel to it, and uh, and everyone was had a everyone had a hard on for Swell and and XRP. You know, started just mooning <laughs> from there. Yeah, it's for, uh, for for those listening who aren't uh, who aren't massively into crypto or anything like that, XRP the uh, ticker for Ripple. Uh, has a very, very loyal fan mm. base uh, and people refer to XRP as being the standard. So in the future, this will become a, you know, a reserve asset by which everything else is valued. Uh, and yeah, I just think we should just start breeding this uh, fake mythos that once actually, you know, maybe a decade ago, XRP was the standard. <laughs> And everything it was like a golden era, and we just don't talk about how it ended, but you know we just keep reminiscing about the good old days when XRP was the standard. Yeah, I mean, look, they they had. The, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like the, what they were trying to do was was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I just they just haven't they just haven't been able to execute it really in any any way, shape, or form. Um, and yet it's still what it's still like the third, fourth biggest crypto by market cap or something is it pretty sure. big yeah where are we uh it's down to six now but still like 47 billion dollar market cap uh, they got bill clinton to speak at their uh at their conference in like 2018 man they got fucking ashton kutcher to, to like remit uh xrp on the ellen show live to like i remember that charity. yeah I, I love how it's called remitting it instead of just paying you remit it. That such <laughs> is the way of the standard. <laughs> Do you remember back when XRP was the standard and you never paid for anything? You just remitted it. Oh, I remitted, I remitted for that coffee down the high street. That was that was amazing. 
I remitted the hell out of a Rolex one day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about these guys that went to a strip club and just remitted all over the strippers. <laughs> I remember one time just going into a record store and, uh, you know, I just remitted so much in there. <laughs> I blew a load of remittance just... At, at just went nuts at a, at, a, at a clothing store, just remittance everywhere. Do you, ever, uh, do you ever, you know, you watch by walk by a jeweler or you know, you're looking at so they've got some great, you know, uh, sort of eye candy in the, in oh, the yeah. window, yeah, you know, some nice, some nice watches or something. And you're just like, I would remit the <laughs> hell out of that. <laughs> but this is what this is what life was like when XRP was the standard. I know, I mean, it was a golden era, wasn't it? I mean, what's the know, next what standard we- gonna be? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, it's the this is the the once and future king, isn't it? I mean, we just got to bring back the standard. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, bring bring back the, sta- the like standard. The standard. Looking at the numbers, the standard hasn't left us just yet. <laughs> oh no, but it needs to. You know, it's been shunned. We we won't discuss exactly how it happened because we you know we haven't created the mythos yet. But for some reason, it was just shunned and spurned and. You can no longer remit what you used to be able to. Yeah, I wouldn't even know how to remit anymore. That's what happens when you have two kids. <laughs> Been so long, you know. I've even forgot what not remitting even, felt like. Fair, I'm not even sure my remittance wallet works like it used to. As <laughs> see, this is what happens when it when October is over and October starts. This is how this is how it it's, it's this is how it starts and ends, people. Yeah, I mean that's why you got to be able, you got to be prepared to remit at any moment because you never know. I mean, you, you, do you really want to get caught in the middle of October and uh, you just can't remit? I get the feeling Jerome Powell is deep in remit, and <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he he loves remitting so much that uh, did you see did you see the, the him yesterday when he was pushed on his comments on banning. Uh, stable coins and cryptocurrency and he was like no, no what did he say well he said no <laughs> <laughs> uh it was it was um the republican i think is it ted bud or something like that i think it's ted bud and he was like i just want to clarify um chairman uh when you said um the stuff about stable coins and cryptocurrencies and banning them do you is it your intention to ban uh to, to ban them and 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 uh powell was like no no, I, I realized that um, I had sort of misspoken and we have no intention of banning them. Um, and he, he mentioned about, you know, taking cryptocurrencies out of the equation because I don't, he, I, he, he, it seems like he just, just doesn't see cryptocurrencies on the same sort of level as uh, stable coins or the, or the, or actual, you know, existing currencies. Um, but they have no plan to ban stable coins uh, or crypto, according to what he said. I mean, you know, take, take them with a pinch of salt he still thinks you know well he said tra- inflation's transitory so you know you don't 100 trust what they say but uh yeah he said they're not gonna they don't want to ban it not in the u.s which makes sense because mm. it, it, it'd be standing in the way of innovation right you know like visa is checking out usdc with crypto.com um uh you know there's there's a there's a bit of stuff going on obviously gemini coinbase very large companies. There's talk that Binance US could be on a fundraise. Um, 
you know, all the uh, there's a lot of banks that are getting involved in it now. You just get the feeling that they've realized that they can't just stand in the way of innovation because they would then be seen to be like China and the US don't want to look like that. Yeah, there has been some, it does seem like Gensler is, um, is kind of changing his tune a little bit as well. He's, fucking, about, he's a flip-flopper, he is. Yeah, yeah, well, he's a politician, isn't it? Um, but, you know, yeah, holding a holding a you know civil service office. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he'll blow whichever way the breeze goes. But yeah, it does seem like they're softening a bit on their, their tone regarding uh, cryptocurrencies. Though, you know, who knows, who knows how things will, will, uh, will turn out. But, you know, Sam, I mean, you remember, you remember back when XRP was the standard mm. and people weren't literally fighting each other for diesel in a forecourt. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about last week. Remember last week we were talking about jerry cans and it was like, mm. oh, you know, well, I was going to. And then, fuck, didn't it kick off? Mm, big time. That was wild. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think, was it you that said, um, you know, the next uh, Anthony Joshua fight is going to be in the forecourt of a diesel station? Yeah, it's in the forecourt of a BP. It's cause that, that. Yeah, just literally there were people fighting. It was Mad Max. I'm surprised. Like I, I'd, I'd read reports that that drivers were were stalking uh, the fuel uh, trucks that you know deliver the fuel to the petrol station. So they would they would try and find the fuel trucks coming from the refineries and then follow them to where they were going to deliver the fuel. I'm surprised no one fucking hijacked one and just just took one Mad Max style. I did see one. There was actually there was a traffic jam. So interestingly, we yeah, had to make it even worse. There have been, uh, yeah, near here. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm currently in Staffordshire, so I'm not far from you, Sam. I'm sure you, yeah. you would have heard about it too. I think it was on the M4 or something. There was a big accident, uh, and it was a very large truck. I think it might even have been diesel, a diesel, uh, you know, big one of these diesel cars that like fell over pretty much, um, and it just made these massive traffic jams. And this happened yes, there was another one that happened yesterday with another accident, and I, uh, you know, there was just one of these. One of these ones, it was carrying red diesel as well. It wasn't one of the normal diesel ones. It was for, uh, you know, household stuff All and, right. uh, you know, uh, you know, industrial equipment and tractors and whatever. And, uh, you know, it was just, you know, it was stuck in the traffic jam. And I was like, well, you know, that, that handle, that handle's right there. I'm a tall guy. You know, I could just, just, <laughs> just two steps up. Fuel for you, fuel for you. Everybody come for fuel. <laughs> fuel bazaar. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was it it's wild. Like what well, the the week, like I um it seems so like it's calmed down around me now. Um I I went to the fuel station the other day, not actually to get fuel, um, but just to get coffee, because I usually drop my son at nursery. And then there's a coffee shop nearby, which is actually a BP with a MS um food thingy on it. And they do okay coffee. So I went and grabbed the coffee and uh pumps were open. There were no queues. Uh, it was busy, but no more than usual. So I think people have sort of calmed down because basically I think everyone's got a full, full tank of fuel now. Um, Did you hear that stat that uh, 85% of all the, all the gas stations in the country got drained? Uh, that's during, mental, during week, really. Which is pretty nuts. I mean, it really does tell you how fragile what we have is. So imagine if there actually had been serious issues with delivering that fuel product. Yeah, well, that's that's the concern, right? Is that um, what what happens when there's a legitimate fuel crisis? Yeah, <laughs> when when there is no fuel coming from the refineries, um, then what? You know, 
I mean, that, this is why you just hearken back to the days when XRP was the standard. I mean, we just never had problems like this. this no, I mean, start. like I had jerry cans full of XRP in the, in the garage. <laughs> um, and I'd fill up the cars with the standard because that's what you do when something's a standard like that. You just, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's actually why, uh, you know, Rockefeller named his company Standard Oil because yeah. XRP was the he, standard. He loved to remit. Yeah, as all billionaires do. I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just, why, why is Zuckerberg not, instead of this whole, uh, what, what was he even called? Libra. Libra. I mean, why yeah. didn't they just take the standard? You know what? They had something. They, they had something. I think they were onto something, to be fair. I just think that people just, just the government doesn't really like Facebook. I think if Amazon had tried to do it or Apple had tried to do it, um, you know, to try and create Libra or whatever they were going to call it, basically a, a, a basket of, basket of assets pegged to a currency really um i think if apple or amazon had done it they would have got away with it <laughs> and we'd all be using libra as the standard not xrp um <laughs> because it was facebook i think everyone was just kind of like no nah, not having that we don't we don't really like your hairline zuckerberg and we don't like the way look like an alien we, yeah we don't like the way you, you 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 put sunscreen on or wear a wetsuit or whatever um, so no, but had it been Tim Cook, everyone would be like, oh yeah, Tim Cook looks like a friendly guy. Let's let him do Libra as the standard. So I don't know, but you know, the idea was actually pretty sound, I think. Well, it's effectively just tether. I mean, what Libra was is effectively just tether. So it's a, it's a, except it would be much more sort of official yeah. institutionalized. It was effectively just a mixed currency ETF that you can trade, uh, you know, as a as, as a currency itself, so it's a bit. It's effectively an SDR, except you could yeah. use it uh, for for everyday goods. I don't think Amazon or Apple would have done it because they're too smart. Because I don't think the yeah. government would have liked it either way. Well, they um, and yeah, Facebook. They say Zuckerberg. Obviously, he's got this sort of pasty faced, alien, weird looking guy attitude, really nerdy. But you know, obviously, he has a huge ego. You mm. had the business cards with "I'm CEO, bitch." Uh, it'd, be pretty, it'd, it'd be pretty hard not to get an ego when you've literally built from scratch billions are nothing yeah you know one of the largest most influential organizations that have that's ever existed mm. i mean like more power than governments central banks even fuck literally one of the most powerful people in the world from being someone at college who let's not deny it was probably bullied a lot um <laughs> You know, as if you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, are, you, are you saying Jesse Eisenberg was bullied at school? <laughs> I said, who played the who played the Winklevoss guys again? Oh yeah, well, it was one guy that played both of them. Um, oh wait, is that not the chap who's gotten in loads of trouble recently? Uh, well, not recently, probably like two years ago now. Uh, like his his career has just gone down the drain drain because of like sexual abuse allegations. Was that Arnie? It wasn't Arnie Hammer, was it? Yeah, it's not was Arnie it? Hammer. Was it? Uh, I can't well, remember. Army Hammer, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Army Hammer. Yeah, I not Arnie. It, hold on. Yeah, you have to Google that. But yeah, he he did some pretty pretty bad stuff. I think he's been accused of. Not yeah, like yeah, R. Kelly level, played, but still pretty bad. He played Winklevoss, the Winklevi. He did. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I think. Anyway, hold on. I can't really remember the movie, to be honest. It was. I remember watching it at the time. And it was quite good. But that's Jesse Eisenberg was brilliant, really. Which well, makes you movie, think that Jesse Eisenberg's 
um, uh, uh, Zuckerberg is probably better than Zuckerberg himself. Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg. Yeah, mm. Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg. Yeah, I, but the thing is, the the film was made at a time before anyone hated Facebook. So that's that also was made. That was released at a time when there were more young people using Facebook than boomers, and yeah. there were less than a billion users. So it was a completely different beast back then, and it was kind of a glow. Even though it made Zuckerberg look like twat, it not nearly as much as. Can you imagine if the social network was made now? Oh wow! I mean, they, they should do a sequel. They should do a sequel. And the anti-social network. Yeah. The, the asocial network. So what they could do is they could they could get Eisenberg straight off the set of playing Lex Luthor and just slide him in to... Yeah, that's effectively what how he would have played. That's how he would yeah. have played Zuckerberg, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> in, in, so um, Superman came after social network? Oh, way after. Yeah. 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 I well, reckon his Lex Luthor was inspired by his Zuckerberg character. Well, it's probably inspired by Zuckerberg, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. himself. Yeah, not just the character, just the, just the man, the myth. The yeah, XRP Disney stand. probably were like, "Yo, uh, we we need you to play Zuckerberg again." He was like, "All right, I'll update it for uh, I'll update it for modern times." And they're like, "Actually, want you to play Lex Luthor, but just keep keep you know keep all of the characteristics." Going by that, then it's it's almost fair to say that that Superman was the sequel to Social Network. Mm, was it but it's only batman versus superman where that where lex luthor appears in it but yeah um i can't remember yeah i think they're pretty forgettable movies those superman ones to be fair dude you can't say that when you're a massive marvel fan well i mean they were the superman movies were a bit shit Uh i think that's pretty yeah yeah but i mean i think i think the marvel movies are mostly shit too so you know um, birds of a feather. Yeah, yeah. I our views on that diverge, but <laughs> I think we've covered that ground before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. I I thought Man of Steel with Russell Crowe and everything was actually pretty good. Um, but I thought like you know the Justice League, oh, and obviously like the Justice League movie they made with uh, yeah, what's the name of that chap who or, who again sexual abuse allegations and shit. Uh, well, sexism of the uh, allegations. What was the name oh, of the guy that directed um, the first one? The director. He's really like, um, he's really, uh, he's really progressive. It, and it wasn't. No. And shit. Was and it? Then he got, Joss Whedon. Then he got no. Right. James Gunn. No. Can't remember. No, it's uh, hold on. What was the name of that? He, he was what he's famous for doing all of the Buffy movies. Yeah, Joss Whedon. Yeah, Whedon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The TV, the TV series. Yeah, his um, his that movie Justice League or whatever that he did before when Snyder pulled out was absolutely wow. dog shit. Do you know why Snyder pulled out? Uh, it was not his uh, one of his kids killed themselves. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was that. I, <laughs> I was going to say that. he just he ran out of remit. <laughs> what what beer are you drinking today, Sam? Well, uh, first one is from the Dogma Brewery. Uh, where is the Dogma Brewery located? I've got no fucking idea. Uh, oh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. No, importer, Edinburgh. I don't know. Can't I can't figure it out. Uh, anyway, Dogma Brewery. This is called Miss Quince Ale. Uh, in hops we believe, and it is a pale ale with quince. Does what it says on the tin. Literally five point five percent. Um, I now I'm going to be the first to admit I quite like a bit of quince, bit of quince paste with uh, a selection of cheese 
And I think we diverge on this issue. Yeah, well, I, I, you're not the only one. I remember coming. I remember like when we first moved here, and I went out to a um, to a dinner with some friends of my wife, and um, and they were going around taking the orders for uh, desserts or puddings or whatever you guys call it here. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have the cheese board with the quince. And everyone was like, quince, what's, what's, what's this quince? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You uncouth ogres. It is a, it is, it is a, it is a fruit that is created into a paste. Surely this is well. not popular in Australia. It's massively popular in Australia. Quince really? is huge. It's if you don't have a cheese board without quince. Is this the um, Welsh influence? I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was a, I thought it was a normal thing until I came here and everyone's like, what the fuck? And I'm just like, you guys are weird because this shit is the bomb. Um, so I love a bit of quince paste. Got some in the fridge now. I've also got a, a Stilton and I've got some brie and a couple other selections. And I'm going to have them with quince paste just to piss everyone off. But I tell you what, oh, this beer with a bit of quince is delightful. Very good so far from the Dogma Brewery and the Miss Quince Ale. That's quite a quite a peculiar blend, I must say. Um, yeah, I'll probably I don't think I'll uh, I'll venture that far into trying that one with you, Sam. Uh, the beer I have started off with today is none other than Blockhead, the brew that we did with Cheddar Ales, and it is uh, you know I've still got a couple of bottles here and there, so I thought I'd bring out another one uh, that we did in honor of the uh, the halvening. Uh, so oh. yeah, celebrating the endless treasure hunt in cyberspace for the next six point two five Bitcoin block reward. 6.25% deep amber ale. Um, yep, that was, uh, was a good beer we made there. Uh, it's not on sale anymore, but uh, of course we can't rate it. Uh, but Sam, how would you rate your uh, your quince beer? Uh, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I, and it's, so you don't have to like quince, I think, to like this beer. I, don't, I think the label will put people off, um, weirdly. But it, this just gives it that very um, slight extra fruitiness uh, that sometimes you can get. Uh, in the right mix with a with a, with a pale ale, and uh, I'm enjoying this quite a lot. I'm getting, I'm going to give this a B plus actually. Now the next beer I've got here is uh, is quite a uh, quite a heavy one. Uh, this is a Harvest Ale from 2018. This is a barley wine. Oh yeah. 11.5 uh, percent ABV, <whistles> made by Greengate Brewery in Manchester. I've not had this one before. It's a limited edition barley wine. I think this was bought some time ago. That's rocket. Fuel, and uh, interesting, there's an interesting typo on the back where it's like a massive an entire line is just, is just empty. And then the sentence just continues. Our limited edition barley wine is made but once a year. It's made with the first hops to be harvested and fine. And then sudden nothing. Gravity and fermented using our excellent Cerevisiae yeast. Each vintage brings different flavors, which then evolve as they mature. So this is 3.16 units of alcohol. There we go. Happy days. <laughs> is, that, is it like a redacted piece, like you'd find in a CIA classified document? You know, it would look a lot better if it, if it did have that, you know, the black highlighter yeah. over the top. Sadly, it's just it, it just isn't there. Um, it's just, it's invisible. Uh, yeah, just one of those things that wouldn't have happened, you know, back when XRP was the standard. You know? Or is it one of those? Remember, though, like when you're a kid, you, you sometimes you have those toys, and when you like rub them, like a like a car, a little metal car, and they like the color of paint on the thing. You rub it, and the hotter it gets, it changes color. It's not like one of those labels, is it? Um, I don't think like I remember. As you those drink things. it from the bottle, it like it reveals the text. Oh, 
Mm, maybe, maybe. Uh, whoa, I've just taken I've just taken a sip of this, right? And um, <laughs> wow, wow, this is quite something. This tastes. Is it is it beetroot? Hold on. Wow. Yeah, this has a very strong um, aftertaste of beetroot juice. Like beetroot no fresh out the ground or like beetroot fresh out the can? Uh, like, <laughs> you know, the, the beetroot juice that they sell at the supermarkets here, which yeah. is like 20% apple juice or something. Yeah. It tastes just like that. Um, ah. it, it really, really interesting aftertaste. Very sweet. Um, doesn't you don't it's not a bitter alcohol taste at all very yeah very sweet but you know you do feel it I'm pretty sure my face is going to be like glowing red after I've been through about half of this um, and yeah already I can feel I can feel a bit more turnt than I was before so uh, yeah you're listening to a man who is slowly being cut as as the saying goes he's moving from half cut to fully cut to just mm. it'll be sideways by the end of this uh, end of this podcast yeah yeah I want, that is I, I that is very unique i must say i've never had a beer that tastes like i'm drinking beetroot juice that is because i actually quite like beetroot juice as well uh i'm actually okay with it yeah i, I mean it's i love beetroot long, but, yeah. say again i love beetroot i mean like beetroot on a hamburger is the best all right i've never even had that oh my god i i this again this this could very well be one of those australian things but um, a hamburger with beetroot and and a and pineapple slice as well. You you can't like it. It makes a ham. It just brings a new level of excellence to hamburgers that you didn't mm. even know existed until you have it. I've, uh, if you had uh, uh, beetroot uh, chocolate cake, no. Oh, it's really good. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. you obviously don't taste beetroot, but it just helps the helps the cake. Pretty good. Yeah, right. I wonder if there's a beetroot. I was going to say if there's a beetroot beer, but that's exactly kind of what you're drinking. But not, it's, it's not. But it doesn't actually, actually beetroot have beetroot in it. I wonder I don't if there's believe, a beetroot anyway. beer. We're going to see. I'm going to see in my next batch when I order my next batch. I'm going to see if I can find a beer uh, with beetroot in it. I mean, if there's one that's got some that, that comes with quince, then surely there must be one. Like my next, so my second one, I should add, is from the Garden Brewery, uh, which is a collab brew um, with love international perhaps it's a hazy pale ale uh, an easy drinking juicy and tropical with notes of pineapple now, i don't actually think it has pineapple in it but notes of pineapple um so if you know beers can have that then surely there must be a beer with a bit of beetroot mm, yeah, do you know what they say by the way do you know what they say this is a great this is a great old gag that me and my mates always used to say do you know what they say go on you can you can beat an egg but you can't Beetroot. I don't get it. <laughs> what is it? Is, is, is this is this is the term root not? Is that not a UK thing? Not an English? Not a Scottish thing? Wait, I, I think the maybe the connection was bad or something. Can you say the whole thing again? <laughs> the, the pause was intentional. You can beat an egg, but you can't beat a root. Right, right. I get you. That was the game. Yeah, it's much more better. Days, days, is it? 
You always, someone's talking about beetroot, you know, you don't usually have to say the beetroot part. It's just like, you can beat an egg, but you can't. Uh, the old knowing nod and wink and everyone's like, eh, beetroot. Uh, please forgive our uh, Australian <laughs> our Australian co-host's uh, sense of humor. I'm, I'm, it, it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, uh, it's like sympathetically drunk from your barley wine. <laughs> but this is what happens when we start an episode when we, you know, sing the praises of the standard. Yeah, see that that's that phrase that must have been someone must have come up with that before XRP was the standard because I'm confident that mm, no no one would ever have been that crass during the golden age of the standard. Well, before the standard was the standard, then like what what's what is what's the standard before the standard? Just the standard back the, the, before the, tries, the standard before the, the standard was unadulterated barbarism. And then ripple came about and the world was forever different oh this second beer is nowhere near as good as the quince one believe it or not oh really hmm. well, well i shall i shall power on and try and try and drink it all what, did you rate the first one it smells good it definitely smells like pineapple or maybe it's just going from quince to the pineapple is is a big leap did you rate the first one yeah, B plus. Oh, that was pretty good. Right, okay. All right, oh, that right. was pretty good. This one not not looking quite so good. Not on the first taste, but it might be just like I say, it might be a uh, a palate issue coming straight off of one into another. Perhaps I need some actual quince paste uh, and, the, <laughs> and the cleanser, like a a mid a Peroni mid beer mid beers to to cleanse the palate. Do you ever do that when you go out? You have when you like going out, you're drinking a bunch of wine uh or, or or you know different whole you know, basically working your way through the color chart of alcohol uh where you just you know have a peroni mid uh midstream just to cleanse the palate when moving from one kind of wine to another mm, it's uh yeah that's an interesting idea nice nice dry lager like that i'm not yeah. a huge fan of peroni but yeah i can i definitely understand it with whiskeys they if you go to like fancy places they often give you like crackers and cheese and stuff to mm. so between drams you can you can sort it out Say again. With the uh, crackers and cheese, did they throw a bit of quince paste in there as well? Uh, not that I've seen, thankfully, as I'm no fan of quince, <laughs> but maybe some establishments do this. This is quite possible. I I, I get the feeling that um, usually for people listening, when we come to the end of uh, these podcasts, when we, we publish them, do a little write-up of what is contained within the episode, chuck in a, an episode title, usually decide the episode title after the fact. Um, I, I, I can't help but feel like um, the title of this podcast is going to be XRP the Standard. Yeah, I think I think it has to be that. XRP you, colon the Standard. Do you think that might like help us with algorithms in like podcast searches or something? And we'll get a whole bunch of XRP army come on to listen about us talking about the standard and then afterwards maybe want to hurt us <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we'll get we'll be assaulted by uh by the xrp army the xrp schizo crowd uh, this is quite possible it's quite possible you know back um so this would have been sort of the actual peak of bitcoin uh back at the beginning of the year was that a friend's house you and- talk about it like the peak of bitcoin as though it's something that's you know yeah, it's, in, it's never going back to 60K. It's never going never, back again. Never, ever. Um, but back then, uh, I was at my mate's house, and uh, it was during that you know very heady time. Yeah. And uh, his 
brother's girlfriend was there and she was like are either of you into cryptocurrencies and she's not uh, she's not a massive you know crypto person she sure she didn't say are either of you crypto enthusiasts no she didn't she wasn't that uh, she wasn't that um yeah, well, she, she, she had yet to join the XRP army, I guess. But anyway, mm. her friend had met someone in Ibiza. So it's the, it's the you know, wow. it's a stereotypical dude bro moment. Isn't, where... that, isn't Ibiza where the Winklevoss uh, boys first got their taste of Bitcoin as well? Ah, that's quite possible. That's quite possible. I think possible. it is. I think, I genuinely think it is. Anyway. Yeah, but, you know, she, her, her friend had met someone in Ibiza who said, you know, if you buy XRP, you'll get rich. And uh, it was just like, you know, you couldn't get any more. It couldn't be any more of a stereotype. Um, so somebody some, did make some people rich. It did, yeah, certainly did. But just in terms of your, you know, your mate's brother's girlfriend is telling you the XRP is going to go up, and yeah, they don't. Even oh, know so what XRP is. I, I forgot to add to my little introduction to XRP story that it was my wife's boyfriend that uh, told me about XRP, the standard. Because she was she was into it as much as he was. <laughs> um, for everyone listening that doesn't that isn't really deeply involved in 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 crypto Twitter, you might be on Twitter, you might be on social media, but there's there's a, a running gag that. But that was um, a joke. Yes, that, that that was definitely a joke. Sam <laughs> Sam's wife does not have a boyfriend. Does not have a boyfriend. Uh, her girlfriend, on the other hand, no. Um, so yeah, it's just a running joke that people like my wife's boyfriend. Um, I, you know, if you get my my wife has a boyfriend because I'm poor from crypto, basically. Anyway, it was a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, such were uh, you know this is what people were reduced to uh, when XRP was no longer the standard. You know, in the fallen era. This, yeah. this is just yes. how the world was. Uh, I remember you know, there were articles, wasn't there like a Time article where like it was it, it was basically that Chris Larson and Brad Gullinghouse were the were the richest people on earth, uh, based on the value of XRP at the time. Like really? more than Bezos and, and Musk and any of those. Oh yeah, temporarily. That was the yeah, yeah. that was that the twenty seventeen peak. Was, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have yeah, been like early, that. early, early January. Um but yeah, I'm sure at one point, one of them, I can't remember if it was Larson or Garlinghouse, um, was technically, if you'd, if, you'd, if you'd been able to sell everything without crashing the whole market, uh, was the the genuinely the richest person on earth. Yeah, missed his chance. Charlie Lee beat him to it. Eh? Mm. Could have just market <laughs> sold his entire stack and you know made, made hay. Well, I think it was at, at like the 8th of January. I think that was the exact top. Yeah, but he kind of he he created the top. Like that was the event that started it. It it, it was a pretty. It, it, you could. It was pretty much down to the minute. I think where you could. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like he did. Like that was it. As in, there's always an event that creates the top, and that was the that was the sell that was the sell order that created the top. I I wonder if like I I still think well they'll you know we'll see another peak uh, in 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 a in a in this cycle. If, if we call it a cycle of course, as all cycles have as all cycles have and i wonder what will be the top I wonder what will be the top what will be the what will be the charlie lee moment yeah big time yeah that's a great question sam yeah because we yeah okay depends how far away in the future it is 
because a lot can change. A lot mm. can change in in a year, for example. But if we imagine, okay, let's say it's a silent, silent, silent dumps. Oh no, no, it won't. It can't be sailor. If he did, obviously that would certainly be the peak. But I just don't see it happening. He's just going to go down with the ship. I think he's <laughs> tied his fate to it, and that, you know, that'll be he's going to bag all this shit down to zero. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, who the so you know. Interim top a while back was Vitalik giving all of his SHIB tokens away to the yeah. uh, the Indian Wuflu fund. Um, I can imagine Vitalik doing something similar. It might be Charles Hoskinson doing something with with uh, Cardano, but nah, but yeah, but at the same time, nah, there's got to be. Yeah, what would it be? What would it be? Because you do have so many celebs that are interested in it. It's probably going to be something in the NFT space. So many basketball yeah. players and whatever are into it. I get that feeling. A lot of American football players are really into crypto now. Um, not to mention, you know, Giselle Bündchen. Um, I think it'd be a celebrity moment. Hmm. Mm, not sure. I'm going to have to stew on that one for a bit yeah, more. Yeah, mull on it. Yeah, that's, good. that's a good question. That's a good question. Because there, yeah, like you say, there's inevitably, inevitably tops uh, in all cycles. So uh, if if it does run, like yeah, I mean, part into six figure run kind of thing, um, which you know it, it may well do. It's the yeah, funny so- thing is, like everyone's like, oh no, hundred hundred thousand Bitcoin. That's that's wild. That's not going to happen. That's literally only like a hundred and something percent rise from here. I mean, there are fucking biggest stock tesla does that in an afternoon sometimes so to think that, that that's not possible for bitcoin i think is probably yeah it's right. very it's very interesting now uh, that we're discussing this when uh you know the nasdaq's actually kind of having a really bad time at the moment so it's interesting mm. to see uh bitcoin being as strong as it is today uh, considering the internet stocks are selling off so whether or not uh, Bitcoin has sort of changed its status from just being a high beta internet play into something else will be all quite interesting. But Sam, in terms of like, you know, the the event that could mark the next top, will it be a sale or will it be a purchase, right? So mm-hmm. is it somebody big in crypto selling out like Charlie Lee back in, uh, what, was it 20, yeah, early 2018 or yeah, was it early, late, early 2018? Early 2018, so January 2018. Will it be someone who's big in crypto and made a fortune selling out that marks the top or will it be, really really dumb money uh getting in that is the big the big sign so is it some celebrity uh who's decided they're just going to go all in on crypto or something Mm. will it be a sale or will it be a purchase uh i can't see how mm, i can't see how a purchase could could trigger that be well no but just a, a symbol of it so the classic one which is Bunchen was her saying i'm only going to get paid for euros not dollars in the late 2000s and that was like the end of the the euro rally and it was dollar strength all from there uh you could get something similar where i don't know i mean we've already got the the sports players who are trying to convert their earnings to bitcoin yeah that's uh, what um, i mean but- right it's sort of already happening where I don't want to call it the dumb money because it's not. That's not necessarily fair. It's if you if you stack and stat, stack and sats and it's as, as an appropriate strategy as you know buying gold or buying stocks and things like that. So it's probably something Elon Musk is going to do. It's probably yeah. I, yeah. I almost feel like the Elon effect is gone from the market now. Yeah, the, he doesn't have that. He does. 
you know, his, uh, his remittances, they just don't hit the way they used to, you know? No, not like, you know, granted, he still probably has more impact on the actual market value than, like, say, uh, El Salvador does. But El Salvador is bigger than your country is bigger news than Tesla, even though Tesla is bigger than the fucking country itself. Um, hmm. I'm not sure about that one. It might be a government decision. I can Could imagine. Be. Yeah, it could be a government saying a government there. buy. Yeah, it could be then. Yeah, could big be government that. by US. We're going to add Bitcoin to it our be US. Treasury. It wouldn't be US. It'd be it'd be a much smaller country first. Um, United Kingdom, maybe a European one. Uh, Spain. We're going to add Bitcoin to our treasury, and then it pumps fifty percent in the afternoon, and then dumps. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's Germany, the Bundes, the Bundesbank. You know they've uh, they declare that XRP is the standard. They're going to reclaim the golden age, and It'll be uh, known as the Great Plague. The, the yeah, they, they they attempt to reinstall the standard, and uh, well, China maybe China goes. You know what? We were wrong. We're going balls deep into Bitcoin. Oh, into XRP, into the standard. And uh, yeah. What do you think the uh, Digi, uh, Digi Yuan's going to be based on? Yeah, exactly. They're, China is going to nationalize the Tether Foundation, even though it's outside their borders. They're just like <laughs> the MSS are just going to kidnap all of the people, just bring them back to China, and they'll just forcibly nationalize the standard. It'll be like, you know, Jack Ma, you know, he's still appearing on TV and everything and like looking really happy. That's all of the guys in the Tether, in not the Tether Foundation, sorry, the uh, the Ripple Foundation. They're going to be uh, they're going to be brought out on TV, and being like, yeah, we're we're just going to help China, uh, you know, yeah. reinstall the standard and bring about a new golden era. And it'll be backed not by not by assets. It'll be just backed by people. And they'll just put them into these little hotels that they lock them up inside and get them to work on the weekends and during the day. And it'll be a currency backed literally by people who work for the Ripple Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, by this stage, it it might it might not be called that anymore. It might the People's from... Republic of Ripple PRR. Maybe or yeah, yeah. That could be the the, the CCPR or something like that. Yeah, the Communist Chinese Party of Ripple. Um, mm. Let's see the uh, you know you get like a some sort of the Politburo. It's like the Ripple Bureau. Um, the, uh, the or it commission. could just stay. It could just stay XRP, but the X stands for G, and the R the R stands for Xi Jinping. The Republic Xi Jinping of yeah, <laughs> Ping. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I think that I think we found it. That's our top. That will be the top of the of, of the crypto bull market. Well, so I, mean, I actually, be... yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's not. I maybe maybe it's when it 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 appears in a Bond film. Ah, hey. Well, it's going to be a bloody long while, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the next one's going to be years away. Well, it is, but maybe everyone's like, like it's okay, yeah, on Twitter. It. Okay. So Charles Hoskinson, Vitalik Buterin, or 
you know, just one of the big altcoin guys, Sam Bankman-Fried, is going to be the villain. They already—they all look like they could be Bond villains anyway. So this is this is this is what I'm thinking, right? Is the next Bond villain is going to be a crypto baron of some sort, like yeah. running the Silk, the new Silk Road, and uh, Bond? Because everyone's like, who's going to be the next Bond? Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Idris Elba? Is it going to be Tom Hyde? Is it going to be uh, Richard McFadden or whatever? It is this Richard McFadden? Um, Richard, Ma- Richard Madden. Richard You're thinking Madden. of uh, Matthew McFadden. Richard Madden. Uh, no, none of those. Next Bond. No, no. It's going to be Brad Garlinghouse. And, and you know. XRP will be the standard. And that's how he's going to take down the crypto baron. That's running I, I, I have a better idea because in terms of someone who actually looks like he could be Bond and in a way almost was Bond, you know. Um, hold on. I'm just trying to find... So just as a side, apparently this Bond movie is going to be the highest grossing Bond movie of all time. But um, I can't remember if we talked about... Do we talk about this in a previous episode? Re- the, is this the return on investment? The, yeah, the return on investment. I think I tweeted or liked or retweeted this a little while ago. The return on investments from Bond movies, starting at the very first, all the way down to uh, the most recent one, is just just constantly diminishing. The original Bond movie was like a 50x return uh, yeah. on the investment to make it, and the latest one was like two or three times. Uh, I don't think it was three. It was like, or it might have been one point something. That. Yeah, actually, probably something like that. One point something, and it, you get the feeling that even this latest one is going to be like low 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 single digits um just a simple byproduct of inflation really cost to make versus you know you they're breaking all these records in terms of number value but the actual return on investment is constantly diminishing uh but i i would i i definitely think there's something going on there sam especially as notably you pointed this out that it all changes in early 1970s. That's when the the return on investment starts collapsing for that bond movies. Yep. It is a you know it's an incredible table actually that one. We should post it on our on our Twitter feed for anyone who's who's listening to this episode. Uh, but I would I would hazard I think the success of the bond movies is what return re- reduces that return because they start spending way more yeah. on the movies the bigger it gets and you know the bigger the blockbuster. I mean you know it is harder to get. Even if you do a huge marketing spend, you know, and a huge advertising spend, it's hard to get asses in seats in the cinema, and of course to get the, the sales afterwards, especially with pirating and things. I think it's kind of a victim of its own success in that it, you know, standard with anything, it's like buying bonds, right? You know, the the more you pay for them, the less interest you get. Same with the bond movies. Uh, so you know, there you are. The, the more you pay, the more you spend on a bond movie, the less return you get, just because it's such a big, big thing. But as I was going to say. The best, right, the real Bond, the next Bond is going to be Ross Ulbricht. He would actually yeah, be right. a great Bond. He would be. So a good he get, he's, given a, he's given a presidential pardon because he vows he's going he's gonna to fight for, you know, the Five Eyes Intelligence Group, gets into MI6. And I bet you he'd be a great Bond. Well, he's, he, he, would, he would sort of have, sort of have real-world experience. Yeah, well, certainly with beating this villain of ours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, big uh, time. Yeah, man. No, the, yeah, so he, Ross Ulbricht, the founder of the Silk Road, will be the next Bond. You heard it here first. So for people that don't know, uh, Ross Ulbricht was the founder of Silk Road, which so famously 
uh, came to the attention of people with the article. I can't remember if it was Gizmodo or Wired or so. It might've been Wired magazine uh, from Adrian Chen. And it was that article that Chen wrote that was, he was actually writing about Silk Road, uh, which brought Bitcoin sort of into the mainstream consciousness as well, because he spoke about this digital currency that was used on Silk Road as the primary medium of exchange. So this was before XRP became the standard, right? Uh, and people could use Bitcoin uh, to buy drugs, guns, whatever we wanted. The Silk actually, Road. Was- actually, I would, I would, uh, I would interject here. There was a an attempt by Ulbricht to create a separate site that was called the Armory, which was selling guns, and it wasn't a success. So the Silk Road were, did stick to just drugs. They uh, were very explicitly against anything like child pornography. It was mostly for drugs, though you could buy effectively anything you wanted. So, you know, people were selling books on there. They had a book club on the Silk Road, uh, which Ross Ulbricht, uh, you know, contributed to with lots of books on Austrian economics. Um, you know, for it was it was drugs was the main was the main main trade. Uh, yeah. Then iterations of it came afterwards. There was Silk Road 2.0. Um, there was one shape something. I can't, I shape bizarre or something but anyway they subsequently spurred like a whole bunch and there are still there are still plenty of them on the deep web um which actually might be something if, if for an interesting conversation to have uh, on another podcast perhaps uh, what is the deep web because most people would have no idea that it even exists let alone that there's stuff on there um but yeah so funnily enough if it wasn't for ross um arguably we we may not even be talking about i mean fuck's sake we've gone from a, an obscure deep web based um illicit substances marketplace that uses a digital currency created online that no one's ever heard of to a country mining this digital currency using power from volcanoes accepting it as legal tender alongside the US dollar and all of this in about a decade that is mental it is quite extraordinary. That's that's for sure. I think Ross Ulbricht. Um, yeah, I would encourage anybody listening to it. If you're not familiar with the story, to to take a read up on Ross Ulbricht. Uh, his life. He's now in jail, doing more double life plus a load of other things. There were yeah. corrupt. Uh, part of the prosecution were corrupt cops who had gone, who had uh, become part of the Silk Road, who were uh, you know were buying themselves boats with the revenues that they were yeah, stealing really from nailed. it. Uh, they were completely criminal, uh, and yet the evidence wasn't allowed to be he- heard at court. Uh, re- you know, the the fact that the prosecution's case was based on the evidence given by corrupt cops, but the the jury weren't allowed to even know that they were corrupt. Uh, very, very bad business. Um, Ross Ulbricht obviously made plenty of mistakes, uh, but I don't think you know when you consider what someone gets for. Uh, all manner of crimes, including murder, rape, etc., uh, and it's yeah. not double life plus a load of years. Uh, I I really do think he uh, he was given just the yeah. worst hand ever. Arguably, he was just a at worst a very sophisticated drug dealer. Oh, is it uh, in a lot? Yeah, but he was also like a massive visionary. I mean, ultimately, yeah. he was just he he was he saw the future of what other people did. He thought he could get away with selling drugs on the internet. Um, and, uh, and he believed that selling drugs on the internet was fine because he was a believer in Austrian economics, but you know, uh, he, he's in jail now. Uh, he tweets occasionally. He writes down things for his mom to, to post on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, it's a very sad story. I, I, yeah. uh, 
his only hope is for president uh, presidential pardon really yeah. that was a big thing i i kind of did believe that maybe trump might be able to i thought he might too pardon. yeah, yeah if but, anyone exactly. was going to do it it was going to be trump yeah exactly yeah, biden's not not going to do it so it's a, it's a sad tale for russ Ulbricht. but he would have made a great james bond so you know there you go <laughs> Well, there you have it, folks. Um, in terms of the rating, your second beer, Sam, how, mm. what rating would you give that one? It's gotten better. Um, it, it's I, uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not great. Um, definitely, you know, it says what it says. It's a bit juicy, tropical notes of pineapple. Um, it's pretty light at four point five percent. Not that enjoyable. It's hazy, uh, hazy pale ale. Much preferred the first one. Uh, I'd say I'd just give this an A. It wasn't that good. I probably should have started them the other way around. This is uh, this Harvest Ale, the Vintage Harvest Ale 2018. Very nice, I must say. Not for everyone if you don't like beetroot. Uh, 11.5%, so very, very boozy indeed. But uh, I must say, very distinctive taste. Something goes down very well. Uh, and I do quite like beetroot. Uh, so I won't give it the full double B. I'll give it a double B minus. But uh, a very good beer. Very good beer. Excellent. All right, folks, there you have it. That was episode 60 of Booze, Booms and Busts. We shall be back next week as ever. In the meantime, I hope you have a very good weekend and we'll see you in the next one.